Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Vinu Vijay. He's the CMO at Truist. Truist is the combination of BB&T and SunTrust Bank that have recently rebranded all of their branches and the company as Truist. VJ's been on the program before. He was on episode 207 and he was the CMO of H&R Block back then. He has experience, obviously, at H&R Block, TD Bank, Ally Financial, Bank of America, and FedEx prior to his current role as CMO at Truist. And on the show today, we talk about what's important to him as CMO this time around what the combination of the two companies is. And we talk a lot about how purpose is driving their business and their marketing and their employees to bring care and a new approach to banking. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Vino Vijay. Vino, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, it's fun to be in person with somebody again. I've done so many of these remote interviews over the last couple of years. Uh, I, I agree. It is going to be a little strange, though, because I, like you, have done these remotely all the time. And as best case scenario, I've seen somebody on, on a video screen. But to see you up close and personal is a new experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, on our we've had an episode before. Our last episode, you shared a personal story around growing up in Indonesia and then going to boarding school in India and uh, and coming to the U.S. at age 17. I grew up 20 miles from here. 
in Concord, <laughs> North Carolina. A great place. Yeah, it's, it's a fun place. It's a fun place. Got to have dinner last night with my mom, which was awesome. But at that time, this was a long time ago, the city was divided. There was the first union side of the city and the nation's bank side of the city. And so it's funny that now it is the home of four very large bank headquarters, including Truist. And you've, you've been in Charlotte on and off over the while. Um, how do you like it? So you know it better than me if you grew up in Concord, but you know, I think as well as I do, how much this city has grown. This city has an incredible energy to it. And you talk about the two of the past. Well, it's not just the four. I mean, this city has created an, an industry of, I think, great large companies and great small companies and a lot of uh, supporting uh, infrastructure that I think is helping us in things like innovation and creativity and 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 being a being a beacon for things that that you need any great city to be and I, and I think those are all things that I've seen in just my time here but yeah I've been in and out and I'm glad to be back in <laughs> that's good it is a good town and I didn't even recognize where I was staying last night because it it used to be no man's land over there in, in the uptown area. Now that there's the football stadium, the huge hotels, uh, a lot of office buildings. Yeah, yeah. No, when I when I first moved here, this was maybe oh my gosh, uh, it would have been uh, 20 years ago. We uh, I had a, an apartment um, just on the outskirts of of the main highway, main highway, and then and then you enter into the into the city. And I just like you, I would I would either walk or ride my bike into the building in the uptown, which at the time was Bank America building, and there was no nothing. It was just empty space. And now, of course, I, you know, the, just, just walking has traffic, just like, you know, in New York or anywhere else. That's <laughs> funny. Well, I, when we last talked a couple of years ago, you were the CMO at H&R Block. You've now gone back into banking and financial services as a CMO at Truist. This is your fourth run in banking and third as CMO with Ally, TD Bank, now Truist. Why banking? Well, or you have to ask me, why do I keep moving around? <laughs> Honestly, there's there's two things that I'm super excited about and what draws me to this industry and what has drawn me to Truist. The first is, I mean, the reality is if there's one thing that matters more than anything else in your life, it's your money. And there's just an awful lot of influence that a bank has in the quality of your life and in the quality of your community. So I think just the sheer impact of what our industry does is something is an astonishing responsibility. And I think uh, I've always been drawn to ways of pushing ourselves to deliver on that responsibility in more and more deeper and more meaningful ways. And there's nothing like financial services to be able to make a big difference. Even in the past, if you look at companies uh, that, that I've been involved in, just the nature of the narrative that, that we developed and the push that we developed helped the industry find different pathways. So at B of A, there was a time when I was here where it was all about uh, digitization and how do you make online banking and mobile banking ubiquitous? Well, don't you think the power of online banking and mobile banking being ubiquitous is now so expected that it's made our lives better? I mean, that is genuinely a better thing for for people, for all of us, uh, for the power of the movement of money. And, uh, you know, in the in the ally world, it was really, do we recognize how much our money can make for us? And we do recognize that. And, you know, and the, you know, I was talking to someone on the street the other day who said, do you know what a CD laddering is? And I was like, I do. And I'm so happy you do, <laughs> because these are important things that uh, when, when, when banks are paying attention to what clients really need and are spending their time and energy investing in telling that story to, to, to people, people get better. 
they they get they get better outcomes. Oh, that's amazing. You may have to explain to listeners what CD laddering is. Well, <laughs> <laughs> in, in in simplest terms, and and, and I don't want to make this a, a financial services uh, uh, <laughs> educational educational platform. discussion, but in simplest terms, I, I would make two points. One, do it, and the second is the idea is to have different uh, values of uh, money sitting in a CD that come up for renewal at varying periods of time at different laddering points. And so when they come up for renewal, you put them back into, into a new CD. And through that, you are essentially balancing the benefit and risk of the interest rate that you get. That's amazing. Yeah. Good tip for, for anyone <laughs> out there that needs to, needs to make some money, make their money work for them. So what's important to you this time around as CMO? Well, so I think we're in a, in, a, in a really interesting and important time in our country and really in the world. And I think that time and moment is one where we're all recognizing with a lot more clarity how much we affect each other. And, you know, there's so many negative consequences when we don't appreciate the impact we have on others. And then so many positive potential when we do it right. And at one point in my life, and maybe when we were at H&R Block, I was talking about loneliness and, and, and what I was really thinking about in that. And that was a part of where this sort of mindset came from. And I think it's a reflection of where we are as, as a country and a community. The power of relationships, the power of connectivity, the power of understanding our impact on others is enormous and super needed. And companies have to play a huge part in it because the reality is we have resources, we impact so many people. We are part of the, the fabric of communities. We have a big difference in terms of how we, how we invest matters to communities. And so when we think about it from that lens, I think we're at this moment where we all, in whatever way we can, have to lean into how do we make a difference? How do we understand and make a difference on the impact of others around us? Because it makes our lives better. It makes all of our lives better. It makes the fabric better. And I think that's a moment that we're in now. And, and, and I think that my desire to be in a position of influence is driven by my desire to do something about that. Well, and as you talk about that, I mean, it's both it's so many stakeholders. You've got your employee base that you can help improve and be more human, if you will, to, to them, the communities that you're serving and the customers as well. And like you said before, I mean, uh, financial services is ubiquitous in your everyday life from paying for things to the insurance coverage that you have, et cetera. That's a big platform if you will. It is. And I mean, so, so it can be scary and we can sort of look at it and say, well, you know, who are we and, and what does it matter? And it's all so, you know, everyone says it, nobody does it. That Those are all easy places to land. And that's unfortunate because I think we sell ourselves short. I think we all have an incredible opportunity to make that difference. And I have my laptop in front of me, so I'll, I'll, I'll just lead it over and show you. It says, our purpose is to inspire and build better lives and communities. That's on my laptop. Uh, it's on all of our laptops. We believe this with full force. And my obligation as the chief marketing officer is not just to you know, live that in the ways that we create experiences and the ways that we serve our clients, but also to help reinforce that with our teammates, to make sure that we all believe and value and support and push for that outcome. And I think it's very easy to be cynical about it, but it's very rewarding to do it. So I'm on the lean of 
Let's go do it. I want to come back to this purpose in a minute. But before we do that, Truist is really the combination of SunTrust and BB&T. And you guys have been on this transformation journey to kind of bring the company together to create this combined entity. You've just rebranded every single branch yeah. 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 <laughs> to now Truist. And, and it seems like you're, you're here. You've arrived. Where are you on, the, on that evolution, if you will, of bringing the company together? So it's a truly ambitious effort by Truist. And that gives me a lot of pride and a lot of confidence that we're in this for something meaningful. I mean, think about it. We were two different companies. And the hardest choice was to say, we're going to become a third company and take the best of what each company has, but understand that the future of finance can be defined by us. And the best way to do that is to start anew. And we took that opportunity. So that's a huge sort of signal to each other about our absolute intention to live our purpose. We created a new name. Again, we could have chosen one of the other ones. It certainly would have been easier, but what it, what it wouldn't have given us and what Truist gives us is a chance to explain and define what we are about and to live it fully in the experiences that we offer, in the way that we treat each other, in our culture, in the way that we make investment decisions, in the way that we think about our long-term strategies, in all of it that we are one as part of this one entity that is truest, that is redefining the future of finance. And that's fundamentally what we have said out loud and what we are committed to doing. So that's, I mean, it's super exciting. And you talked about where we are in the journey, or you asked where we are in the journey. Today, we are 100% truest. There's, there may be still some stragglers, and we have some notes out to people. If you see something in the old brand, call us because we want to change it. For the most part, we are now fully truest as a company. And you're now in this in this in our building, the Truth Center in, in in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we've got which is our, our headquarters, and we're in the Innovation and Technology Center, which is this amazing. It's an amazing place, by the way. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think it's the best thing in not just banking, but in industry for how do you create a space in a post-COVID ecosystem where people are clamoring to be there because it, it by definition the space is giving you inspiration and a way to work that's different. That's what we have. I mean, it's really incredible. And to give the listeners some sense of it, since you can't see it directly, there's no classic office space. It's two stories of open space combined with essentially focus rooms, little rooms where you can go in, a beautiful uh, leather couch, sit down, put your laptop on, on, on a desk, work on it, come back for collaboration. We've got on the story above us, we've got essentially journey rooms, which are large rooms where we've got the technology and the physical space for us to work in these uh, agile teams to think about the client on an end-to-end journey basis and actually have people from technology, people from marketing, people from design, people from uh, legal and compliance and risk all together thinking about the client's problem and how do we solve that in a holistic way. And then coming back to work every day to do that in that same space so that that space starts to reflect that that objective. It's a fantastic space. And, and, you know, we got a cup of coffee outside at the nice coffee shop. It's all been curated to be a place where you want to be. And I'm here every day because I want to be here. Right. Well, this may sound like a, an odd analogy, but as I was coming in, I could. it felt like a one part technology company because it's, I mean, it's bright, shiny, and it feels modern. It felt one part agency, which is like the art and the creativity coming through. And then this is the odd analogy. And then you go through these little tunnels and you open up into this two-story room and it felt like a church at the same time, like natural light streaming in. (laughs) And it was, it was just very inviting place. 
I think that's a well-argued analogy, and I'm glad that's what you took away from it, because I do think this is a combination of a technology mindset or digital mindset combined with creativity, which is your sort of, it's a space that feels like an agency, combined with purpose. purpose with church. Of, <laughs> right? a, a very clear yeah. intention of why we're all here. So I, I think that's a good uh, expression of it. And we, there's actually the end of it. And if you get a chance at the end of this interview, I'd definitely encourage you to go sit there for a bit. Is this green space uh, that we've created where we've got just lounge areas and things like that right by the right by the windows. I go there and I sit and I do a little bit of a two-minute meditation almost every day because it when I've got a lot of things on my mind and I'm trying to keep myself focused on key outcomes and keep myself centered, that's a nice place to just sit down. And even though it's in this huge space with a lot of people, it's very easy to become very focused on 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 yourself. I have to ask, where'd the name come from? Where'd truest the name itself come from? So I think like you know as well as I do, I mean, I've done naming before when I when we did Ally. 90% of the name is what you do with it. And 10% is having a name that's available and uh, and that is unique and that you can uh, find a, a clear um, sort of owner ownable asset. Truth reflects our basic ethos of, look, we are a company that is combining technology and touch to create trust. And so if you think about technology and touch to create trust, you know, the name Truist is the name that one out in that space has something that evokes those those feelings and those thoughts. But the reality is, is any name, it starts to live on what it is on the basis of what you do with it. And that's what we are so intentionally focused on and have been uh, ever since we started to call ourselves Truist. You know, what is Google? It's right. nothing till you give it meaning, or it's the raw definition, which few people know, but it's uh, it's not really anything more than that. And I think that's where we have really come at it is, can we continue to show our clients and our communities and our teammates that what Truist is, is a manifestation of our purpose to inspire and build better lives and communities that is paid off in values that we all agree and align on. And those values are also here. You can see them right here. Trustworthy, caring, one team with happiness and uh, success. So we have our, our, our values. We have our purpose. And then we have our fundamental strategy, which is that we think that we can win with a tech and touch combination that we can do that better than any other bank can. And we can win through a culture that rewards putting clients at the center and putting relationships with those clients at the heart of everything we do. Those are our two fundamental threads of our strategy that comes out of our purpose. That, to me, is what Truist is. And then everything else is about our efforts to reinforce that in our work and in our communications. You've launched some new recent work as well. I can't remember the name of the character in the in the episode, but she she uh, protects a yeah. small kid with yeah. a yeah. with an umbrella, and then she's you, you flash later to her working inside of a truest yeah. branch. How are you translating this to market the brand and, and how it's positioned? Yeah. So the, the the simple translation that we came up with is we looked at what is it that if you the simple methodology we used is what is it that we have as a company that we truly believe in? What does that create? Match that with what is it that clients really crave but don't necessarily get? And match that with what is everybody else in the industry doing that may or may not be right. And when we looked at it from that space, what was obvious to us is our purpose, mission, values gears us to be a more caring bank than any other bank in the market. And we know that clients crave a 
bank that they can that that cares for them, that they actually believes cares for them, and that the functional attributes they're pretty comfortable with from all the banks. Most banks provide the basic functional attributes that people want, but meaning and caring is what is missing. And so, so we knew clients want that. We know we crave giving that, and we know that the industry has failed to do it. So our white space in marketing language is when you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. And so that's what we've told ourselves and remind ourselves and what we've told the market is that when you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. It translates into the products and services we provide, the nature of the experience that we have, the nature of our teammates and how they serve, the nature of uh, our commitment to the community and how we are present and how we give back to the community, how we understand how community vibrancy is so important. All of that is our representation of care. And care is not the hug care. It's not, I'll give you a hug, so therefore you, you, know, you, you know I care. That doesn't mean anything to you. What matters is care that actually makes a difference in your life, which means it has to be intelligent care, informed care, expertise care. And so if you take that example of that television spot you mentioned, it's not so much that the the character there was concerned and cared that this kid was going to get wet. What mattered was that that character was able to transform that concern into action of opening the umbrella at the right time and saving the kid from getting wet. That's care. So we've really leaned into when you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. And we have really pressed how does that show up in every part of our experience and our services across the bank. And our advertising is sort of the end. It's the reflection of that strategy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, we've been talking a lot about purpose and you were reading the purpose statement that you is on your computer. How does it manifest itself in different actions that the bank is taking? I mean, we talked about the marketing aspect of it, but like in terms of like how you think, behave as an organization, how does it? manifest. It's the strongest part of what we do today. And I'm glad that's where we are. Because if we don't have that basic stuff, actually doing something with it with a consistent basis is gets harder and harder because you keep, you know, second guessing the the outcomes. We're very, very fixated on our culture. We are culture champions and our culture is fundamentally our purpose, mission, values that I just described. And our choices, like like what you're seeing here in our building, our fact that we have it so present and omnipresent in everything that we see and do, the way that uh, any presentation that I make, and, uh, and I, I won't even bother pulling it up because it's true for every presentation, the second slide is our purpose, mission, value slide, always. Because we want to sort of reinforce to each other that the reason we're doing this and the way that we work together is 
more important than anything else I say after that. And so I'm going to start by telling you and reminding you what you already know about me and my teammates is I'm about purpose, mission, values. Now let me talk to you about credit cards and what that means and what we're doing, because I don't want there to be a disconnect in anyone's mind about why we're here and how we've chosen to work together. So I think that's a that's a really important part of our secret sauce. And we invest a lot. It's obviously has to come from the top. And if it doesn't, it's not going to work. And fortunately for us, it has come from the top. And it is something that is a shared value that we have and that I reinforce very heavily as do others when new, new folks come in. And I'm a relatively new person in the company. I've only been in the company about a year and a few months. And, and that was my experience coming in as I was sort of reinforced on, look, this is where we're, this is what this is our starting point and our ending point. Everything stems from that. Our, our purpose, mission, values are so. So I think that's a really important aspect of how we how we operate. Well, and I know when we last spoke, you mentioned like you just did. It, it comes from the top. There's executive level buy-in. It's in every meeting yeah. <laughs> that you're leading. You're also training people around this, and you've got a leadership institute, I believe, as well. And it just feels to an outsider that you're reinforcing it at every single touch point you yeah. can, which is. Good. Yeah, 100% our intent. Intentionally done. So you talked about the Leadership Institute. And so it's a great example of something that was within our leg- legacy company. And we really leaned into it because, again, these things didn't happen at the blast of Truist. But these are things that were the culmination of efforts that we decided to take the best of and then make something of. And the Truist Leadership Institute is a great illustration of that. It's in Greensboro, which is nearby. It's at a full facility and it has uh, many clients of which Truist is a client. So it's not we're not the only clients of the Truist Leadership Institute. But what we do with it is we make sure that leaders get an opportunity to go through a four or five day deep immersion, not on truest, but on themselves. Because one of the things that we believe when we talk about purpose is that I can't just tell you, you know, the purpose of the company and have you buy into it on the basis of the merits of that purpose. I have to have you understand and agree that your purpose is being fulfilled by the purpose of truest. And so what we do at the, and I, and I actually went to this for four days myself, and it was really powerful because what it, what it showed me and it shows others who do it is it takes you back and sort of asks you to really understand yourself from childhood. Like, I, you know, I literally from like, you know, when you were three years old and when you were five years old, what were your success strips? What were the things that you learned how to do that made you effective? And helping you deconstruct that helps you understand your motivation, helps you understand your triggers, it helps you understand how to make the most out of your skill set. And then you layer on top of that the best way to leverage and have success in knowing yourself is having intention, having purpose. So that's the, that's the secret sauce is like, let's say I have a certain behavior set of characteristics and it's worked for me, so I keep repeating it. The way I can make that work to my success is to know why I'm doing it, to know what my purpose is. And so we spend a lot of time on purpose understanding your own purpose. So when each of us knows our purpose, knows the mechanics we use to manage day-to-day life, that combination is what we want every employee to have. Because when they have that and they apply it to a shared purpose, that's when power really comes to life. No, it's uh, hugely powerful to, to that alignment, if you will, just between the self and what your purpose is as a human and aligning that to the organization. How can you fulfill your own purpose through the purpose of the company? Yeah. That's that's I haven't heard other people talk about it 
like that before. Yeah, pretty interesting. You talked about combining the two companies, purpose is driving you and the organization. How does that then play out into how you're changing and transforming the marketing organization and the function of marketing? It's so interesting to me that other two other major companies have actually given up their CMO function at their company. And I think, I understand why, I think it's a missed opportunity. The reality is whether there's a title of somebody called CMO or not, the job is incredibly important because it is the, it is the one part of financial services, really of any function, but just to, just since I'm very familiar on the financial services side, that understands and can make the connection between client need, client understanding of their ecosystem and the needs and opportunities that the business has to create growth. There's just no other function that can best connect those threads. And someone has to do it. Call them whatever you will. Someone has to do it. Now, what's happened, I think, in marketing that has hurt the function is marketing has either not understood how well how best to leverage client experience. And if you remember back to when we were last talking, I've been a huge advocate of client experience. I've said that marketing at its finest is client experience. And I think that has to be something that marketers understand, that it doesn't matter if you're doing an advertising campaign or you're doing direct mail or whether you're doing the experience of a product, they're fundamentally the same things. They're about how do you use the touches and engagements that you have with clients in a way that's accretive to them and that's how you have to think about every touch point. And, and so I think that's number one, is we have to be able to be effective champions and drivers of client experience. And then the second is, at the end of the day, companies need organic growth. And there is nobody situated better to do organic growth than marketing for any company. But in order to be effective at it, you have to understand business drivers and you have to understand performance. So those are things that an effective marketing function does. And so it's a big part of our lean. So I've got, I've got a function, a functional area that runs our, our truest.com and our e-commerce and our, and our, and our digital engagements. And that's a really important part of what we do because what we're, what we're doing there is using personalization and using uh, data and all the uh, capabilities of uh, performance marketing to create real genuine client experiences that are that are personalized. And then I've also got these essentially divisional CMOs who are accountable for each one of the business groups who are deep experts in their particular business so that they can be genuine partners with the business to talk about how do you create growth in your function? Because that's really the question. So I think marketing has to be able to do those effectively or somebody does and call them whatever you will, but that those jobs are super important. I'm a big fan of how you're talking about marketing <laughs> in part because, I mean, we've had many different folks on the show. I think the most notable is a friend of mine, Kim Whitler, who's an academic and Darden, writes on the the impact of marketing. Does research in terms of like both at the board level as well as with inside the firm and how marketing can contribute to the firm performance. And she describes it much like you do, which is there really no other role like the CMO role in the C-suite, if you will, you think about it, you've got, you know, finance is really about efficiency of, of money and returns. Operations is about efficiency and 
making things run smoothly. Marketing is the only one that, besides the CEO, looking outward of the company and trying to figure out where, how do we translate what's going on in the world back into what this company can do with it. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a, a hugely important role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, where are you going with this function? I mean, you, you've got this amazing uh, organization you just described. You've got the things that you were referenced earlier about the client journeys. Like, what's your vision for what the marketing function needs to do? Yeah. So we have two levels of work that we're working on. The first level is we want to be functionally excellent. And the reason for that is, you know, as you start to do the things on level two, which I'll describe in a second, if you're not functionally excellent, it'll be easily It'll easily drag you down. So functionally excellent for us means we've got to be, you know, whatever channel of marketing you want to talk about, we've got to be at the at the leading edge of how that's done and be able to execute operationally in a way that's uh, that's excellent. And so that's a big body of work for us is looking through all the changes in in how 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 uh, uh, personalization and performance marketing and and uh, da- database utilization and uh, privacy and all of those things come together to really make us truly best in class in the use of digital advertising, direct marketing strategies, the use of uh, content uh, personalization, connecting uh, physical uh, things within our ecosystem to things outside of our ecosystem, connecting our branch to our to our, our digital space so that, they're, so that they're, the engagements are more interconnected. All of that is like my baseline. The second layer is the layer where what we are working to do is make sure that we are able to apply all of those quivers, all those capabilities against something that we take commit we make commitments to the business about driving growth. Used to be back in the day, just literally five, six years ago, you could open a branch and have an expected growth rate of uh, revenue. To open another branch, you'll have five years of revenue growth you can kind of count on. Well, today, that obligation falls on marketing. We have to be able to create organic growth, finding the right clients with the right message, the right value proposition, that is genuinely attractive to them so that they make a purchase decision. And that means being very close to the businesses. And so that second layer is leaning into strategic marketing. And, you know, one of the ways we do that is it's a simple process ways. We, we use a, a sort of a simplified a Six Sigma make sort of toll gating process. But the first question we ask is, what problem are we solving? And what is the primary metric by which we will know whether we've solved this problem or not? And then we also usually will have a secondary metric so that you know we're not being stupid about the primary metric. But that allows us to be very strategically directed on, okay, let's say the challenge or the opportunity is not enough of our clients are taking advantage of our best credit cards. Okay, that's a clear problem. We have a primary metric. And now we can create strategies to solve that. That is very different from the question being, seems like we need a direct mail piece to go out to our clients about credit. That's a different different ask. And so having the discipline to start with the problem, start with the primary metric, allows us to come back and have a a resolution in the, in the, the, the fourth gate that says, did the metric change? And would we do anything different in the way that we tried to solve that problem? Now let's do that again. And that virtuous learning cycle is what I think makes us a better and better and better strategic marketer combined with the efficacy of the capabilities across all of our channels. Well, one, I should say that's a pretty cool version of marketing and focusing on the strategic aspects and the levers of the business. Two, 
you've now got this challenge of reintroducing a whole customer base to this new company now that you're you're out in the market and you're rebranded entirely and i'm sure you've been doing some of this along the way but how's it going like how how i know you're only a couple of days from yeah. changing all the all yeah. the names on the yeah. buildings but how's it going in that regard we are cautiously optimistic it's going well I think people are starting to see the power of Cruist, uh, but we're still super early. I mean, we still have nascent brand awareness. Um, it's going to take several months of uh, active marketing to help people see it. And we're in the throes of launching new services that will reflect our intention even in even more active ways. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic of what's going to happen in the next six to 12 months. But I think trajectory-wise, what better place to be where you have a brand that is intentionally about purpose, intentionally about service to clients, and is now just coming in on, on board in a time when we can take advantage of power of uh, digitization combined with our commitment to human service. So I'm super excited. Well, this is usually the moment where I, I shift gears and we ask you some personal questions. You've already answered my most favorite question. And so for listeners, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point them to go back and listen to episode 207 for that question I like, what an experience of yourself that defines or makes up who you are today. And you had this, not only that, but you also had the, the follow-on question is what advice would you give your younger self? You had what I would call this monk-like advice. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the moment to do anything is right in front of you. And I couldn't tell if it was monk-like or Yoda-like, but like it definitely <laughs> it definitely resonated. And so I thought, I thought that was interesting. And how applicable that is to this moment with Truist right now. Absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I still try and follow that advice, although it, it sometimes is hard. That's why meditation helps, but just, you know, do do it what's do it what's in front of you. It's exactly what we're trying to do. Well, I'll ask you a leadership question, if you will. Like, what do you believe CMOs need to be doing in their organizations to be successful? We have to be ambitious. Like, we cannot sell ourselves short. I think a big part of why maybe marketing starts to become diminished is because we agree to let it be diminished. And that's a tragedy for the company, let alone for your teammates. So I think we have to understand and appreciate the import of what it is, call it whatever, but lean into strategic marketing, lean into experience, and that combo platter is essential and be ambitious about it. Awesome. Next question is, is there a topic you're trying to learn more about yourself or you think marketers need to be learned more about right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely think that there is a, a cultural shift where we have to really get more accelerated in how what I would think of as more client conversation and community conversation versus marketing. We're just so used to wanting to be the, the, the bearer of our story that I think we sometimes forget that in today's environment, we are responders to story more than anything else. And so I think we have to find a way to work and think in a way that makes us part of the conversation and not a bomb thrower into the conversation. I was talking to somebody recently, actually it was yesterday, I was doing another interview and um, it was the CMO at Pernod Ricard. So yeah. liquor company, completely different category. And she was talking about this need to be, she called it instigations, meaning where it's this nexus, if you will, from a PR or earned media standpoint, but like how can Pernod Ricard or its you know various brands be culturally relevant about what's going on in the world. And it's a different mindset. It's definitely more of an editorial type yeah. mindset. 
I think absolutely. I think editorial is a good word to say. I used to say that we're more journalists than we are marketers now, and we need to we need to lean into that more. So, yeah, having a point of view, being part of the dialogue, I think is super important. Well, two last questions for you. Are there any brands, companies, or causes that you follow or you think other people should take notice of? Honestly, right now, I'm, I'm focused on more uh, macroeconomic issues yeah. associated with our country and with the world. And I think we should all be paying attention to it because not only is it important for our long term, but it's I think it's also important to our teammates and it's what where our teammates hearts are. And if we want to, you know, win in this great resignation moment, we need to understand what not just our teammates, but we all are are going through as we try and navigate this new, I think, economic and political environment. No, very true. Very true. Last question. What is the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers today? I think the the largest, let's start with the threat. I think the, lar- <laughs> the largest threat for marketing is that we define ourselves by campaigns. We cannot think of ourselves as campaign. And I think there'll be a, a self-inflicted threat. And from a largest opportunity perspective, I would say the the explosion of social media is something that we have to reimagine how we think about media buying and media engagement altogether. Well, Vina, thank you for coming on the show and, and spending time with me today. Uh, I enjoyed it, Alan. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with support from my team and podcast editors, sound engineers, and writers at Share Your Genius. Find them at shareyourgenius.com. If you're new to marketing today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners. You can contact me on marketingtodaypodcast.com. There, you will also find complete show notes, links to what was discussed in the episode today, and you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 